Life is simply unfair, don't you think? There are moments when a single bomber can make the world go extinct. This is Bombers. Hello everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Bombers. I am your host, Piddle. With me, I have Spiegel. You ever notice how nobody ever says brand old? Like, what is brand new anyway? I mean, it'll be brand old in 10 years when everyone re-listens to the podcast because we are huge and a massive success well, and they want to see where years, we got. Welcome to a brand old episode of Bombers. I'm Spiegel, hey, what's the bomber number one. What's the brand part of that really supposed to imply anyway? Like, is that is that a shopping brand or is that like whenever you sear something with a hot piece of metal? Because us bombers, we're a hot piece of metal coming straight for your ear holes. We're a hot piece of something. <laughs> Who's that talking, Piddle? And that was Deg, bomber number three, five. four, five. 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 And uh, Zyber, bomber number three. Yes, I'm the brand of metal. <laughs> so we have, we have the whole crew here today. Great Finally. news. Great improvement from last week. We almost did. Uh, let's get started with our bombastic news. And Zyber, please let us know what that news is because there's some exciting stuff for not this week. Yes. Not this week, as in next week, we are finally going to be doing our mailbag episode where we answer all of the questions mailed to us from you, the viewers. We got some pretty great questions already but like if you have anything any just desperate wanting of questions that you want us to answer come deliver to us you can deliver to us through email at this is bombers at gmail.com you can tweet it to us at bombers podcast uh you could message us on twitch maybe at this is bombers <laughs> or you could go to our discord link in the description below and uh give us the question in our discord channel if you've ever wanted life advice from the bombers now is your chance to get it in our first ever mailbag episode bombers notebook is gone bombers mailbag is in baby okay but it's still bombers notebook though uh don't Spiegel, it look I... so much cooler with the sunglasses on I need you to feel- post a screenshot of your face to the Bombers Discord so that whenever they listen to this episode, they'll know what we're talking about. But that is definitely Dr. Disrespect going on right now. Just grow a mullet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With the, with the handlebar mustache, the sunglasses, the turtleneck, uh, the turtleneck jacket. I've got it. I've got it going on. I got it going on, baby. I'm, I'm going to say headphones. baby at the end of every sentence tonight, baby. <laughs> Please don't do it. So now we've got two doctors in here. It's Bombers, baby. Someone else edit this episode, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I were edited, then nothing would get removed. Mm. <laughs> Same. Um, if I were editing it, it would just be my vocal track and none of you would be here. It would be real confusing. So. Compared to just speakles. <laughs> I want to get, I want to move on to Deg's would you buy it question mark because yeah. I have no idea what this is. It's just black bars. That's right. And I want to know what he's going to pitch yeah, we're, to all of us to buy. We're bringing back an old season one segment. Would you buy it? Question mark. Where one of us comes up with a game idea, pitches it to everybody else, and then they answer, would you buy it? Question mark. I came up with this idea. I fell asleep at the top of my steps. And in a flash of inspiration, this game 
bolted itself into my brain and I woke up and immediately wrote it down. What it is, is sort of, there's an anime called Cells at Work, which is basically an anime version of your body being at work and taking care of itself. This game idea is a multiplayer game that is sort of based along that concept with cartoonish representations of body cells and functions such as your circulatory system, your white blood cells, your platelets. Each of those is... So like Osmosis Jones? No. Each of those is one of the characters along the lines of Overcooked or Among Us or Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. You must all cooperate together in order to get the body properly functioning to beat levels that involve such things as broken bones, puncture wounds, infections. As as well, listening in this to bombers, game, ear hole bleeding, ear hole bleeding, diarrhea, yep, bloating, uh, puffy eyeballs, uh, drink, uh, terrible drinks and food session, uh, as, as well soda. with as well wrapped Spicy up into this nut challenge. As well wrapped up into this multiplayer idea is a player versus player element, sort of along the ideas of an Among Us or a Dead by Daylight, where one of the players is playing as some sort of virus, and the rest of them must overcome the player's problem like a multiplayer left for dead uh so it's like evolve it's like a asymmetric multiplayer evolve but hopefully supported for a longer period of time yes the different play styles involved in that would be a social deductive style for those asymmetrical multiplayers a resource management for say the circulatory system you have to make sure that your blood cells are getting where they need to go dealing with fighting routing because you can only go along certain routes in your a circulatory system mm-hmm. and your uh, pulmonary system and all of that. And uh, that's the game. Would you buy it? Would it be like an Among Us version where you have to figure out who of us is actually not belonging in the body? Yeah, that's, that's potentially one of the scenarios. I'd probably buy it. You got one vote. What about your other two? What What systems would it come out on? Probably PC. Because that's the How easiest thing. I mean, I wouldn't games. because I don't play multiplayer games. Yeah, I, I knew that Spiegel would say no just because it's multiplayer. Yeah, I mean, is there a single player mode? I mean, because I would, I would probably play a single player version of that where it you has, have to. It has. It would have like a couch multiplayer aspect to it. Uh, may, maybe. I don't know. No. Would it if be I have to say you? If I say yes the, or no. Uh, no. All right. What if it's on Wii U and the invading party plays on the gamepad? I would buy it on Wii U I if wish. there was a gamepad involved. I wish there were more games that had that kind of thing. Like the Nintendo Land style. Yeah. yeah the, the one thing the one thing the Wii U had going for it was the potential for asynchronous multiplayer and hardly any games did it. It was unbelievable. It, that, it, was, it was wrapped up in an era of let's release a game for every single console so everything had to be the same across all of them and nobody took advantage of the uniqueness that was the Wii U. This is no longer would you buy it question mark. It's now complain about the Wii U. Man, the Wii U was sucky. It sucks even more now that the Switch has all of its games. No, the Wii U was great. It's just that they didn't no. use it properly. The system itself no, was good. Switch it was doesn't have Wind Waker HD yet. No, the Switch, the Wii U was not a good system. You had to wait way too long between games. The games that came out, you kind of fooled yourself into thinking, yeah, this is like a typical AAA quality, epic Nintendo adventure. But they didn't have a, they didn't have an epic 3D Mario. They didn't have its own epic 3D Zelda. It didn't have its own epic Metroid game. It didn't. But just 
but Piddle, Missed there opportunities was everywhere with Donkey that Kong and Star Fox. Or Spiggle. Whoever's whoever had talking. Breath of the Wild if they didn't give up on it, too. Please don't use Star Fox Zero as a shining example of why the <laughs> Wii U is awesome. Can we start there, please? <laughs> okay, but what about Star Fox Guard? <laughs> What's our next on board of this? Uh, let's talk about something different. <laughs> Thank you for Oh, man, I love that. talking about the Wii U so much, though. Nope, we're no. Um, oh. Kibosh. So. We always talk about food on this podcast, obviously. I'm eating food and on this podcast. And generally, we talk about Taco Bell, which I think I saw Zyber eating nice. earlier. Yes, he is eating it currently. And Spiegel had a hot take to offer on the new chili cheese burrito, or is it old? I don't know. <laughs> this is not a it, new product. Like <laughs> this. Th- so here's the question. Here's the question for all of you. Were you aware that Taco Bell had a chili cheese burrito? Because I was not. I found this out last night. A friend came over and we were talking about Taco Bell. Cause of course we were. And, uh, he's like, yeah, I always get the chili cheese burrito. And I was like, they don't have chili. I, I, no way. I am learning about this chili cheese burrito right now. I'm regretting the food that I'm currently eating. Cause I want to give up on this podcast and go buy it. You, it exists. You guys missed out. It's, it it's was been there great. forever. No, it's still there. You can still oh, it get is it. still there? I thought they yes. got rid of it. No, it's so still... So it has you can chili. Check the app. Taco Bell still has chili. Uh, they got rid of chili. everything else on their menu, the but they kept the chili because they know what the customers want. They got rid customers of the Fritos, the chili, chili that you have exists. no idea how old it is. Come on. <laughs> chili gets better with age. All... It's like the bombers. It's like you wine. don't even know... The, the chili cheese burrito exists. It's not there. And you're going to order it trusting that that chili is still edible. What it is is the employees at the Taco Bell go out on a raiding party and they steal the Wendy's chili from next door. It is not on the app. They, I'm pretty sure they got rid of it with the rest of the menu items. So I remember hearing people complain about it. Well, I'm going to go to Taco Bell and I'm going to order a chili cheese burrito and I'm going to report back exactly what they tell me. Uh, so that we can get a bomber's dip, and I'm going to tell him, like, look, this is for a podcast. You know, this is this is journalistic integrity. What you need, to, please tell me the truth. <laughs> you need to roll up, and be like, let me. Hey, I'm a content creator. You should give me a chili cheese burrito for free. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not a content creator. I'm a journalist. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold I don't up. create content. I create art, baby. A Yelp, a Yelp reviewer. Hold up I'm here. Yelp Why reviewer? is the Crunchwrap Supreme under burrito section? It's wrapped. All all things that are wrapped are burritos, right? No, everything's because everything's a sandwich. It it doesn't have other wrap. It doesn't have yeah other wrap stuff under there. Where's the Mexican pizza though? I thought they got no. That's still they, there. They got rid of that, didn't they? No. Yeah, they they're ke- they're keeping all their popular good menu items and getting rid of all the bad ones that nobody wants. Mexican. Oh yeah, they do still have that, and it even has a combo for it. Zyber, you had some. You had some bad news about Taco Bell that you wrote down here, and I, I'm not going to wait for Piddle to, to interrupt us because he's too much of a coward. What is the bad news? The bad news was that I received an email from Taco Bell saying that the double stack taco is leaving soon. What? 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 <laughs> Spiegel had to leave in disgust. This is unfortunate. The regular taco is like a buck thirty nine. And that the one double, is a dollar. Yeah, the dull sack taco is a dollar and it's amazing and apparently it's leaving. This reminds me of the hot take that I forgot to include in last week's episode, which is that Taco Bell is the Microsoft of fast <clears throat> food restaurants. 
Oh, yeah. Taco Bell does have a relationship with Microsoft, too. You saw they're giving away all those Xbox Series Xs, mm-hmm. all those sex boxes. Yeah, I signed up to see if I am raffled one. I feel like that's just them teaming up with Microsoft and offering free Xbox Series Xs is actually more reason to not go to Taco Bell in conjunction with them getting rid of all of their good food. Like, you don't even have to go. You just sign up on the app. I'm not going to do that. Do you think this is not like the past ones? Do you think this is the end of the bombers' love affair with Taco Bell? It feels like it's all just crashing down right now as we're recording this episode. Could this be the last Taco Bell segment we ever do? Well, it's really hard because they did bring back the grilled cheese burrito, although I think it's only available on the app. So, like, I'm not downloading no app. (laughs) I'm old school, baby. I I go to the drive-thru. It's hard. I don't need an app. Well, you can go through the drive-thru with the app. All you do is you order on the app, and then you go through the drive-thru, and you say, hey, I'm here to pick up order for Nate. But I'm already at the drive-thru at that point. I don't understand what's the point. I'm already Me neither. Like, I still have to talk to the people, so it's not even giving my, uh, you know, lack of contact. I still have to go and interact. They have a rewards program. What's the reward? That they're not going to take away your favorite item if you buy enough food? Clearly not. Well, Come apparently on. I got something. What is my reward? I can get a free food reward. See, I don't know if this is the end of the love affair with Taco Bell because this could just be the typical bombers thing where we like to complain about the things that we love so that people think that we hate them, but we're still obsessed with them. I this think the real like answer an is... a relationship. I think the yeah, it's exactly what it's like. I think the real answer is, is that our listeners are just going to have to keep coming back to, t- to find out if talk Bell ever returns. Well, I know my friend and I have been going Ooh. to Carl's Jr. instead for our weekly. That's that's a bad decision. Dinners. That was a traitor. Well, there's really traitor. not that great places. Zyber, you know I love you. You are a whore. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping around. Their Western barbecue burger. With all these different so good, fast food joints. Wait, is it really a Carl's Jr. for you and not a Hardee's? Good question. I think he's he's far enough south, I think, that it would be Carl's Jr., but uh, I don't know. Hey, what what games came out this week? <laughs> Do we um, care? <laughs> you know, not much. Not much came out, uh, or will be coming out this week. That's what I meant. What came out is the Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Mm. What will come out this upcoming week is a bunch of games no one cares about, and mm. Mafia Definitive Edition, which... What's, I what's... have played the original Mafia. I have not played two or three. Original Mafia is great. Amazing story. I cannot wait to play it again. What's definitive? I will probably buy it at some point when it's like $10, like every game uh, nowadays, other than Nintendo games. So if you have not played Mafia, I highly suggest playing it. What's definitive about this edition? Um, They completely remastered the original Mafia. It does not hold up visually. It that is. Was it was pretty, pretty groundbreaking at the time. I think it was early two thousands that it came out. And, oh yeah, that was like uh, a PS two game, wasn't it? I thought for some reason I was thinking the whole time that Mafia was one of those early three sixty games, but this it was is originally going PC. a while back. Now I'm more interested. But, um, um, I they've done other Mafia remasters and remakes, like Mafia two. I think they did already, didn't they? That's weird. It's kind of... I think they're just upresing it. Interesting. Could be wrong. At any rate, another game coming out is Serious Sam 4. 
I did not even know there were three. Yeah, so the Serious Sam series is uh, one that has greatly perplexed me for a long period of time uh, to the point where I didn't even realize that Serious Sam 4 was what I thought it was right before starting this podcast. And then I watched a trailer and I was like, oh, it's basically Doom and like Dynasty Warriors had a baby. And it's like you just shoot down wave after wave of crazy enemies. It's a very good description. And that's, very accurate. Uh, that's Serious Sam. I mean, it's published by Devolver Digital. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, that definitely gives me some confidence. Devolver's been knocking it out of the park, and I mean, it's only coming to PC and Google Stadia right now. Google timed exclu- or Google Stadia timed exclusive will be coming to PS4 and Xbox One next year. So, I'll probably wait until then. I- I'm not one of these PC elitists that absolutely has to play their first person shooters on uh, on PC, but. It looks interesting enough for me to give it a shot. Dead giving me the thumbs down. Classy. <laughs> so I saw that they I find released it humorous. I saw they released a game on the Game Boy Advance at one point. When are we going to get like the next Game Boy Advance installment? As soon as they bring back the Game Boy been, Advance. It's been too long yeah. since we've had a Game Boy Advance serious Sam. It's time. I do find it humorous that they are putting a Twitch shooter on Stadia as like a like buy Stadia. For this game. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm surprised that they're putting games on Stadia. Well, I just remembered something. They have stopped uh, making 3DSs. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is officially dead. Almost night, 10 years. Prince. Great console. Uh, yeah, like nine years. Are, are, are any of you sad about it? I am. I'm very sad. I am bittersweet about it because the 3DS is wrapped up in a lot of really good memories, obviously. We've had 10 years of it. It's traversed a lot of ground, but the replacement is the Switch, and the Switch is the best console on the market right now. So it is but good. The Switch doesn't have built-in 3D, Doug. Which it also right, doesn't stop. have really good touchscreen mechanics either. Well, actually, I guess Switch does have 3D. The 3DS got us through some really dark times with the Wii U. I mean, you remember 2012, 2013. 2013, we got Fire Emblem Awakening, Luigi's Mansion, Dark Moon, Animal Crossing, Pokemon X and Y. I mean, that year was loaded, and the Wii U had nothing. So the 3DS, I mean, for a long time, I was putting, you know, dozens and dozens of hours into those games every month, and the Wii U was literally going untouched for months at a time. The 3DS has a special place in my heart as the thing that kept me a Nintendo fan because the Wii U was like radio silent for a lot of the early 2010s. Yeah, I can just be happy that at least the Switch still fits in my pocket. Giant pockets, man. You know what they say about big pockets. With the death of the 3DS comes new life. We learned a lot about the PlayStation 5. Coming to 2022. <laughs> Only to the PlayStation Vita store. It'll strike so hard to be serious right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna happen. Baby. We are gathered here today to mourn <laughs> oh. the death of the 3DS. Okay, shut up. Pedal, go ahead. <laughs> and celebrate the life of the PlayStation 5. Okay, uh this week you. we had the we finally, finally had the PlayStation 5 event. Microsoft blinked first. PlayStation 5 shot back a bunch of announcements for games. Uh they announced the price of the consoles. So Let's get started with the games. We had uh, Monster Hunter Rise and Monster nope. Hunter Stories 2. You're reading them out of order. That's the order that it's, no, it's, it's, that's on our document. That's the order that someone decided to list them. No. Okay, let me... That is the order, yeah. 
the only person to complain about this. Should we be going backwards? Our script is wrong. <laughs> Clearly, nobody actually watched the event, or they would have immediately known that the order was wrong. I'm keeping all of this. I watched it. But it's all the staying still in. Wrong. I didn't watch it. I don't freaking care. Okay. 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 In order of announcements, you're, you're assuming I actually watched the entire event, which I did not. You that watched at least the, the first beginning. two minutes to know that Monster Hunter Rise is not a PS5 game. <sighs> okay. <laughs> PlayStation 5 games. First one announced was Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> and I know Zyber is excited for Final Fantasy 16. As soon as the trailer focused on like the characters, I'm just like, oh man, this is the next Final Fantasy game. And then I got a bit confused because I'm just like, or is this like related to 15 or is this related to 14? Oh, and then I'm hearing uh, music that reminds me of 12. Oh, nope, this is a brand new game. Awesome. There's blood splatter all over that kid's face. Nerd. Yeah, first M-rated uh, Final Fantasy definitely coming up. I'm excited for this thing. And it, I mean, yeah, it's, le- le- it's le- leave it to Square. Am. Leave it to Square Enix to really show off the power of a new console two years or three years before the game is actually ready to release, which we know is absolutely the case. Uh, The other thing we probably know, and this will be a recurring theme, I think, throughout this little segment, is that Sony is being a little bit cagey about which games are coming to PS5 only and which games are coming to PS5 and PS4. Um, Final Fantasy 16, I'd have to imagine, is next-gen only, but a lot of these games still coming to uh, current gen now, last gen in a couple of months. Yeah, yeah I can't imagine I mean, Square putting it on multiple generations of consoles. That'd be pretty weird of them. There's a- I looked at it, and I honestly thought it was a current generation game. I was like, oh, this this looks like Final, Final Fantasy fifteen. There's a lot of weirdness about what is coming to what as far as current gen, next gen, what is timed exclusive, what is... Uh, you know, coming to this and PC and it's console exclusive because PC is not a console. And there's just like a lot of hedging and sketchiness coming out of Sony with a lot of those releases. And as far as the looks of those trailers, I did not watch the event, but I've looked at some of the screenshots and whatnot with their little tagline that says rendered on PC simulating a a PlayStation 5 environment. So it's like, is that really indicative of the final results that we're going to be seeing on PlayStation 5? Because I only really remember Final Fantasy 16 saying that, and yeah, then they, everything they else did was... say outright that it was going to be on PC as well. Yeah. Everything else immediately yeah. after, they're like, everything else is going to be shown on PS5, running on PS5. I don't know why they did that for the, the PC. I don't know. Maybe just that. Maybe they've just been developing it on PC all along, assuming the power levels of the PS5. So that's what they had to show. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the next game they showed, Spider-Man Miles Morales, was running on PlayStation 5, but it looks like a PlayStation 4 it's game. It's coming out on PlayStation 4, so it has to look like a PlayStation 4 game. For 50 bucks, no less, by the way. They they said that that game's $50, and, and frankly, I don't know that that's a price that I'd be willing to pay considering the amount of like quick-time events they showed off in that uh, in that little gameplay look. That's all it was, was quick-time events. Zyber, I know you've got thoughts on Spider-Man, but uh, I yeah, defend these quick-time events. Apparently, you've uh, forgotten what the original spider-man ps4 uh trailers and stuff were because it was also just a bunch of quick time events and then you play well, the game doesn't... and it's all oh there was actually only just two decently long quick time event scenarios and it's just but why so show that, that they decide f- because it looks cinematic there's like cutscene elements that show best in a trailer environment 
for the that's, I mean, that's basically audience. what a lot of these trailers are now, is that they have a bunch of gameplay while you're going through characters telling people to do stuff, and then there's cutscenes and stuff. It just so happens that for Spider-Man, a bunch of the cutscenes also include QuickTime events. So, like, in other games, it's literally just a cutscene you're watching instead. Oh, yeah, most most game trailers aren't actually gameplay. It's a pre-rendered thing that they put together just to show off the game, and it looks like gameplay, but it's not in-engine. So, like, this one for Miles Morales, at least it shows what is most likely actual gameplay with the fighting of the thugs or whatever and such. Got cool electric powers because you're Miles Morales instead of Peter Parker Spider-Man. Because uh, you're the you guy from Infamous instead of... And stuff in the air. Yes. You got the cattle prod killing people with that. <laughs> I saw him, like, kick a person off the bridge or something at one point. I'm just like, oh, it's, I'm assuming he just, you know, wrapped him in a web so he doesn't die. <laughs> no, this Spider-Man murders people. The same, the same <laughs> Batman. Say, it, is, is Spider-Man like Batman where he doesn't actually kill anybody or is that not a canon thing? That's That's what Peter Parker is like. Okay. Yeah. In uh the original Spider-Man PlayStation 4 game, if you kick anybody off of like a building, he attaches a web to them so that they are like saved and like dangle in the air. Unless he gets Gwen Stacy'd. Yeah. So anyways, yes, I did feel like this trailer had an extremely long uh quick time event, but if I were to base it on the original Spider-Man game, it's most likely not going to contain actually that many quick time events that you have to go through. So if it is like that, then it should still be good. First Spider-Man PlayStation 4 was really good, even if it was mostly just at, uh, Batman Arkham gameplay. In terms of combat, it was fun to play. You felt like Spider-Man. Arkham gameplay is fun, so can't fault them and for that. I like the yeah. Arkham gameplay, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, next game was... Hogwarts Legacy, and I'm going to take this one because I I am so hyped for this. I have been waiting for a legit Harry Potter game forever, and this looks like it's finally that game. Because, I mean, generally, in the past, right, Spiegel? Everything's been EA. Yeah, I mean, and I, you know, I mean, Warner Brothers. I can't is not even a, say EA with a straight face. <laughs> Warner Brothers is not a company I would look up to and say, yeah, Warner Brothers. That's a company with a great history of treating its licenses with respect and not, uh, you know, going for the cash grab scenario. But this does look like they really put a lot of effort into into cre- creating a world that you want to that you just want to exist in. And and frankly, the only, uh, I mean. <laughs> Part of me would be like, yeah, give the Harry Potter license back to EA because I want to see Bioware do an open world Harry Potter RPG set in the 1800s. You don't? No good? No. No. They have, All right, no. They have the wrong. Field. And I, I think Warner Brothers, to be fair, has done a really good job with the properties they have. Um, there's like the Arkham games are great. All, all three of them are really good or four, I guess. And the Shadow of War, Shadow of Mortar games, they're not. They're not bad either. But yeah, but they're, they're loaded with they're loaded with microtransactions and stuff like that. And Mortal Kombat has all that DLC. I mean, th- there's just reasons in my mind to mistrust Warner Brothers. That's that's really all it is. More, not not so much their reputation yeah. as as a publisher, but just their kind of sketchy business practices. So I forget. Cyber, did, we, did we decide that the Just Cause team is making this game? Is that yeah? Just... Yeah, yeah, just so like uh, that's just pretty good. Avalanche Games, Avalanche Studios. Also, it is weird that, like, in the trailer, just all like, oh, you have a special power ability thingamafigure. And I'm just all like, 
why do you have a special power? Just, Play the just game like, and you'll find out. Well, you're a wizard. What else do you need? Aren't all your powers <laughs> special? Like, <laughs> yeah, magic. It's like, oh, but you have a very special. You thing. have I'm a special, a something. special power. If you spend real world dollars, you can buy, you can create in-game galleons and sickles and spend them on special items. You have a special power. That's your My special biggest power. concern, just like all of the other player characters. Special. Mm. By the way. Please let this be an actual single player experience and not it like is. some I know it is, but don't just let's just stay away from the multiplayer online thing altogether. Please just do this for me. This is the game I've wanted since I was like nine years old. It should it be like Assassin's anyway. Creed and just randomly have a multiplayer thing. Assassin's Creed multiplayer was pretty good on the first inter- iteration. And that's and then that was it. And, then 13 years and 15 games later, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, there you go. Um, anyway, Next this, game also, this game's also coming to PS4, oh. by the way. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that. So is Spider-Man Miles Morales, I think. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we are three games in, and they are all on PlayStation 4 as well. And we are halfway uh, done with the podcast. We need to hurry up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> next game they showed was Village Resident Evil Zyber. Give me your thoughts on this, because you look upset already. <laughs> what? Well, I'm pretty surprised that they're making a game off of The Village when The Village came out so many years ago, and I'm not even sure that many people liked the movie. I liked that movie for it being a Shyamalan film. That is a terrible joke, and it is getting cut from the podcast, and now we have to move on because it's so embarrassing. Uh... I think it looked, man, I mean, the the direction that the Resident Evil series has gone after the five and six missteps, uh, I mean, it, I really appreciate it because it leaves four as the pinnacle of that type of game. And now we can go in another direction, another neat direction for the series. And I really like what they've been doing with uh, both seven and eight. And then the remakes of two and three are, are really, are really excellent. So Capcom's firing on all cylinders with this franchise right now. And I know we're eight games in. And at this, at this point, it's like, well, come on, what are you doing? Eight games. But I'm excited. It's hard not to be. I'm just, I know I have seven VR. I still need to actually play that. I'm just curious how no, far into the game you have to get before they reveal that the zombies are actually the village elders dressed up in the forest. And they're not actually zombies. Yeah. They have some weird plague thing. And it's not actually modern day. You're actually in the 1800s. Are you still blind, though? <laughs> all right now we can move on from that joke <laughs> uh next game is demon souls remaster i don't know if any of you guys have anything to say on this i've actually played the original demon souls and i got a fair bit into it before i died and decided i was done with it i got like past the first boss a little bit died I, one time yeah. and you're like i'm not gonna play demon souls anymore oh no 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 <laughs> i i died a lot and then i yeah. got past the first boss got like maybe another hour in died again lost a lot of progress and was just like eh, this is not for me i own demon souls on the ps3 fun fact and that's that's all i have to say about that, that. okay <laughs> no, but, well, the whole know, it looked pretty easy you just I, hit kill everyone in one hit and then move on looks so i have angry words about the soul series because i think that they're just bad games that people pretend are good because they're not good and therefore they're hard to play because they're bad and people hype up that difficulty as a sign of a good game when that's not i agree that's not the case it's just a poorly designed hard to play game 
and they pretend losing an hour of progress is not good game design yeah we need to move off this segment because we just have legions and legions of souls fans just coming yeah. after us with torches and pitchforks it's not going to end <laughs> well, well for us if what we are they going to do roll Bring around it. me in Bring circles it. for 15 minutes i ain't scared because <laughs> <laughs> like yeah that's like there's only actually one way to properly play the game and i'm just like what's the point of all these other classes then if there's only one actual way to do it roll around and stab people so what else is coming out? Well, uh, Demon Souls lovers, come at come at us. Yeah. Bring your worst. We're we are unprepared, but we'll pretend. Let the we record are. show that I have uh, I have uh, dedicated no percent of my time to criticizing the Soul series because I have not played it. Therefore, I will not uh, level allegations of its absurd difficulty. Well, they'll hate you anyway for not even trying. Oh, there. Well, you, you know that's a good you, point. You good. You know what? Screw all of you. How about that? Okay. What's next? Next games. Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter Stories Two. We already mentioned I was those a bit surprised on this podcast. By the, Let's the back to back. So I won't I won't spend any actual time on this. This is from the Nintendo Direct that actually uh, happened. I think a day later, the next day. Um, and I only brought yep. these up because I just wanted to say how I've really never been into the Monster Hunter series. The the games never really sold me on the designs, the monsters. Like the art style didn't look super great. I just wasn't into the the gameplay like the loop of go out kill monsters gather loot build material or get like get the materials come back do it do it all again these games look really interesting the verticality of monster hunter rise could give us verticality that we have not seen since the likes of mark echoes getting up what how do you all feel about that i haven't actually seen the trailer so i can't tell if that's a joke or not it's kind of a joke i I honestly forgot that those were just uh nintendo switch direct announcements everything just sort of blurred together for me anyway i'm excited uh i i'm going to get monster hunter rise this is going to be me giving the franchise a fair shot uh and then monster hunter stories too looks kind of like pokemon but with monsters so i'm kind of into it I'll, I'll wait for reviews on that one but uh the first game i think di- reviewed moderately well so maybe I'll, at some point in 2029 i'll give that a shot i tried to get into the series with uh, monster hunter try and i just i couldn't get into it next game from the Nintendo Direct was Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which, you know, an, another uh, Xbox big exclusive is on the Switch, just like Cuphead. It's also on PC. I don't, I don't yeah. know what just happened. Microsoft's Cup is empty. I was not paying attention because my glasses were too busy yelling at me. Uh, we were making fun of Microsoft losing another exclusive in Ori and the Will of the Wisps because Microsoft has... No good. No, no good anything. Consoles. It's Microsoft. Yeah. I was really frustrated that I Am 8-Bit had a, uh, a collector's edition of this game plus Ori in the Blind Forest uh, in like this beautiful package. It looks really cool what they revealed in, in the Direct. But unfortunately, it's $150 and I'm not about to pay $150 for a collector's edition of games that I'm not even sure if I like. Um, supposedly kind of Metroidvania-esque. Piddle, you've played the first game. I haven't played either. I put about five hours into the first Ori game, and it looked beautiful, and I felt no attachment whatsoever to the world. It was like, ooh, this is this is so pretty, and that was it. It was sort of like playing The Order 1886. That, that game is banned from this podcast, and we shall never <laughs> mention it again. Mention what? Next game announced at the Nintendo Direct or Mini Direct was Disgaea 6. And I don't know if any of you play that. The only game in the series I've played is Prinny, so you want to be a hero. Not really the same thing. It's not the same thing. No, it's at not all. at all. Fun game, though. 
And it's it's pretty. Can I really be the hero? Oh yeah, aren't they making just Gaia oh, Five like free for a week or something? Yeah, that was a pretty big piece of news is that Disgaea 5 is going to be free to play uh, for a week. I think maybe next week. Maybe if you're listening to this podcast uh, the day it goes up, it might actually be free right now. So go check. Are any of you yeah. actually Disgaea fans? I'd be interested in playing it for free. Just try it out. That's probably what they're trying to do there. No, but at the same time, I look at things like a level cap of 99999000 999 damage totals in the quadrillions when you attack like stuff like that it's so ridiculous and over the top it, it kind of reminds me of like a bayonetta type series where it's like i'm sure i would really get into it if i gave it a fair shot but do i really have the time to put 100 hours into another strategy rpg no but the game looks cool for sure deg what about you i've played printy and i think i own disgaea one or two but it's an rpg so you know my current strategy game right well it's an rpg strategy but you know my current feelings on rpgs as far as where i am at life right now i've talked about this before can't possibly be better than earthbound sure we'll go with that that's probably the nice thing to say are we judging all rpgs based on their quality versus earthbound because i really don't think that that's fair on any level to those games. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, that was basically the games worth talking about. In both those presentations, like Rune Factory Five and uh uh Fortnite and Five Nights at Freddy's coming to PS5, whoopty freaking do. We ha- we have to move on though, because we man. That Five Nights at Freddy's we, trailer, we have so though, much to talk Spiegel, about. you were so interested in it. Well, I was until there was a jump scare. I'm like, oh, it's Five Nights at Freaking Freddy's. Because I, I kind of liked the aesthetic that they were setting up in the trailer. Because I didn't realize, you know, what it was that I was looking at. And The uh, jump scare was bad. It was really bad. I'm just going to put that out there. All Man. jump scares are yeah. bad. No, but it wasn't <sighs> just bad. Like, it was bad quality. It wasn't even scary. Yeah, in the context of putting a jump scare in your trailer to hype it up like that in the middle of a big event just yeah. did not work at all that series is dumb but you know yeah you know what they should have done they they should have they should have put the price uh for the ps5 up on the screen instead of the jump scare like they should have had a scream just 500 dollars. Ah! would have been great that was exactly what i was going to bring up is that playstation 5 price point that 500 dollars, 400 dollars for the digital edition all those games that they revealed that also run on PlayStation 4. Where are you guys at? What do you think of that PlayStation 5 event all in all? Deck, oh, go first. Yeah, it did nothing for me one way or the other because I already didn't care, and I continue to not care. I'm sort of real checked out on this next-gen stuff, especially with the way that everything is moving where all of these things are coming out on PC anyway, so why bother with consoles? I've got enough consoles already. And if I want new games, I have a nice PC. Next week Big on X. the Cranky Old Man Podcast, Deg shouts at teenagers to remove the, their presence from his lawn. Hey, you- Zyber, what were your thoughts on those games and the PlayStation 5 in general? Jokeland. I mean, I'm pretty excited to play those games. Probably going to get the PS4 versions because it's going to be uh, probably at least a year before I get the PS5 unless some... Um, own ps5 exclusive actually does come out that i really want to get but 16 isn't going to be coming out in the next year most likely so yeah 
And those games will be $60 instead of $70. But shoot, by the time you buy them, uh, you know, if you buy a game that came out in 2020 for PS5, it'll be $30 in 2022 if you wait. So I just, I, I don't see what the value proposition is of being an early adopter for next gen at this point. Like it used to be the new console would come out. There'd be a shiny new exclusive that you could really only get on that console. Um, like, uh, What's a good example of this? Halo would be a good one, although that was Microsoft's first console. So, Super Mario 64, Super Mario World. Uh, yeah. In general, like, so pre orders are sold out, and I just don't really understand the point of pre ordering yeah. a PS5 or any console. I do miss the era of, like, launch day killer app console releases, where it was like, you can get this console, and it's the only way to play this that is the defining game of the console like then none of that happens anymore the best the closest I mean, we got the switch had was breath of the wild even the which switch was on wii the u. big killer app was yeah it was i played it first on wii u and it played great on wii but u but at the same time uh-huh. like not that not that many people owned a wii u so i'll, I'll kind of give them a pass on that one but uh, but the point i think is still a good one and you know the other the other thing is that Microsoft has been criticized pretty heavily for this this approach where they're just cross-platforming everything. And Sony recently had a quote like from a top executive that was like, we care about generations. We care about giving yeah. a pe- uh, people a reason to want our new upcoming shiny new toy, basically. And they're going completely against that with this approach because they didn't show us anything that is a guaranteed PS5 exclusive because, again, they're being super cagey about what's actually coming to just PS5. And it's I just like Ratchet what, what, is the only thing. Five hundred bucks for Ratchet? I mean, you know, I just that's a t- hey, that's a tough sell. Even at it's the, a pretty the, great game. There was I the know, teaser for God of War Ragnarok. Twenty twenty one, maybe. <laughs> twenty twenty two at the earliest. And this Well, they, they said twenty twenty one and this way. right here, these complaints is why I don't really get on with the hype cycle, because it all amounts to nothing until we get actual detailed information. Yep. They're just caginess. Yeah. But like you hate Switch, fun, though. I do. Is I the do other hate part. fun. But the Switch was the only console that actually got me to buy it within the first few months of its release. All the other consoles, I easily waited like a year or at least. Oh, yeah. Nintendo is the only gaming co- company right now that I trust wholly that I will go all in on a console on day one because I know that they will deliver on that console. You know, considering we have uh, two months left until these consoles launch, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about them in depth in future episodes. I want to talk about some game industry news that hit this week. That was uh, Michelle Ansel retired. He is, for those who don't know, he created Beyond Good and Evil. Uh, he was the and Rayman, producer behind by the way. and director behind Beyond Good and Evil 2. And yeah, Rayman as well. Big, big name. I think he also designed the first Assassin's Creed. Could be wrong on that. But Spiegel, I know you have a some opinions to put forth on this subject. Yeah, well, it's it's telling that you you said Beyond Good and Evil first instead of Rayman, which is undoubtedly the bigger franchise of the two, uh, which I thought was kind of funny. But but I think the reason that you let off with the Beyond Good and Evil two or the Beyond Good and Evil thing is because. This is big news regarding the upcoming Beyond Good and Evil 2, which, as we predicted back, I think, in 2016 or 17 when this game was first shown off, uh, secondly shown off after the 2008 reveal. Uh, Remember that? Sad. 
I have a tinfoil hat theory for you guys, and we love these on, on Bombers, and that is that he basically was forced into retirement because Ubisoft wanted him to like compromise his artistic vision for what Beyond Good and Evil 2 is supposed to be. I think it was already going off the rails with the Space Monkey stuff. You know, the Beyond Good and Evil 2 looks nothing like the original game. Everything we've seen just does not evoke the original at all. And I just feel like Uncell probably just got to a point with Ubisoft where he's like, enough, enough meddling. Stop trying to turn my baby that I've been trying to get out for 12 years now. Oh. Stop turning it into a, like an MMO, which is which is or an MMO like thing, which I think is the latest report that that that's what that game's going to be like. It's going to be just an online it's, it, mess. It's supposed to, from what I remember of the reports, what two years ago, whenever they were reporting about it, because this has just been in development hell for so long. It's like a MMO light, like along the lines of a No Man's Sky type of feel to it, where you're in a massive... basically what everyone wants. Out of a Beyond Good and Evil sequel, right? No. No one... I don't understand. I don't understand. Anything that we have seen from Beyond Good and Evil 2, except for the very first trailer that launched in 2008, and is nothing like what we're seeing recently, none of it... I like that one with Paige snorting a fly up his nose. It was great. Yeah. That, that one felt like and looked like and evoked Beyond Good and Evil. A lot of the new stuff that we're seeing has none of that feel. It has none of that charm. It... If you put a completely different title on that, I would believe it more than I believe that it's a Beyond Good and Evil 2 game. And this is coming from me, as you know, one of the biggest Beyond Good and Evil fans. I love that game. It's probably my favorite video game of all time. And I just am not excited about Beyond Good and Evil 2 because of what they're I doing think it to just, it. And I, I'm with Spiegel in terms of... I absolutely agree. It's a shame. That tinfoil hat. It's a shame that he retired. You're not crazy. I think he just gave up. He's like, you know what? Yeah. Well, fine. He also wants to go. Uh, he also go wants to hang out with wild animals, which is what he's uh, going to be doing in retirement. He's starting a nature preserve, which is a an honorable effort. And uh, you know, good for you, Michelle, for for not putting up with Ubisoft's crap factory and going to do something that you love. You know, Beyond Good and Evil Two may suffer for it, but guess what? Beyond Good and Evil is already made. And it's already great. I don't need Beyond Good and Evil 2. Screw that game. Yeah. Beyond Good and Evil is, is perfect in Before every move way. Before on, I'm just going to self-correct real quick. He, his, he has not touched the Assassin's Creed game. He has mostly just been Rayman guy and Beyond Good and Evil. And he will be missed. Godspeed. I mean, the, the Rayman games are great. Sure. Well, the That moves ones. us... Thank you for correcting yourself, final. by the way, because we were getting, we were just, fans were writing tons of angry emails I'm sure. already. I can I'm hear sure it. they were. Uh, moving on to, we're pro- probably going to have to go real quick, rapid fire on what we've been playing or consuming the last week. Spiegel, you are up first as usual. Uh, I didn't really play a whole lot this week. I was focused on finishing up Zero Time Dilemma, which again, the third game in the uh, Zero Escape trilogy. Fantastic game bonkers story i i can't really talk about it because it's so deeply tied into what happens in virtue's last reward the second game in the series so i can't really tell you anything about it except that it plays out more like a movie but it uses those cinematic qualities to its advantage at times and yeah it's a little janky because that game had no budget at all but uh it's a it's a really great experience if you're able to put all that stuff aside highly recommend it played a little more fortune street piddle uh because of course i did 
I just can't, uh, I can't stop. I'm addicted. And uh, after this podcast, going to go play a little Super Mario 3D All-Stars on my Nintendo Switch. Got it right here in the shrink wrap. So I'll get started with Mario 64 and uh, expect a full All-Stars impression next week from me. I'll probably finish all the games this week because I'm nuts. I'll try that too. You've been reading those Nintendo Powers at all? I have. Uh, I So I got all my Nintendo Powers in the mail. And man, those things are like a time capsule back to the 80s. It's crazy. It's great. I lo- I've, I've been obsessing over the top 30 lists in the back seeing what uh what people man people really liked ice hockey back in 1988 i'll say that i hated that game just i love that <laughs> but i can't i can't wait to read your issues of nintendo power if you like oh me. yeah yeah come over i got them i i now have them in uh polyurethane or you know that protective uh magazine sleeves like sleeves yeah so they they're in good shape they're in surprisingly good shape honestly for 32 year old pieces of paper essentially i'm, I'm glad you're gonna let me play with your power <laughs> oh yeah now you're playing with power baby get a rim zyber <laughs> give me your real quick give me the games and anything else that you've been consuming i want to hear about this first one primarily if we can focus right. on that yes so i will mention i haven't been playing earthbound but i've been watching dig play earthbound on twitch and everyone else should be too because it's a lot of fun is it fun uh, is it it is to me <laughs> But uh, so first thing on my list here is Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. This is the remaster for the Switch, PS4, Android, iPhone, etc. So I bought it because it was 30 bucks and stuff. And the original plan was to play it with friends because there was one friend that lives out of state. And we've been meaning to beat this game for a while. Like this would have been like my fifth time replaying it to try to beat it. But I decided to play it with Haley to test it out because I've been hearing, you know, who, how difficult my my fiance Haley. Oh, humble brag. Humble brag. <laughs> um, but because we've been hearing about how difficult it is to play with people, and well, unfortunately, it is difficult. So, Crystal Chronicles is a game where it's a caravan of up to four people traveling around the world trying to. Uh, find myrrh, which is used mm. to charge the crystal in your town to keep everyone alive for a year. And so originally, the game had you connecting up to four Game Boys to your GameCube to do that. Uh, in this one, everyone has to have their own individual console. But if at least one person has a paid version, everyone else can have a free version and still play along. But in order to play along, it's not that you actually are part of the caravan coming from the same town. You're all your individual people, and I go as a host to a dungeon, and then I tell my friends, hey, join me in this dungeon. And so they join me for that specific dungeon, and then I have to kick them out, go to the next dungeon, rinse and repeat. I'm the only one that gets anything out of it. I mean, we still get, like, the level-up bonuses, but I'm the only person that gets a letter from my family. I'm the only person that actually gets the myrrh to continue through the story. And so if we actually want all four of us to get through the story, we would have to do dungeons four times each, each person switching being the host. That's awful. Why would they do that? It is terrible. That is a horrible decision. They made some dumb, like excuse that they were like well in order to make it work online we had to change things up and it's like i 
First of all, this game came out on the GameCube in like 2003. Like they've had Crystal Chronicle games out on DS, 3DS. Are they really? I mean, I haven't played them, unfortunately, but are they really telling me that they could have those games do this, but they can't have everyone on a phone or a switch or playstation being able to do and it, this online it's not like it's crazy it's hard we've got massive multiplayer online games where people are all playing together i mean we got borderlands where you just join the person in the story and then if you play by yourself afterwards you still have that story part completed yourself it's not hard infrastructure architecture wise to just check mark those flags on a quest log somewhere yeah, it's... I would literally prefer them to re-release Game Boy Advances <laughs> with the link cables. I would prefer uh, for them than what than what that they offer. I would there. prefer for them to release some sort of attachment for the Game Boy Player on the GameCube <laughs> that you then also hook into the Game Boy Broadband that then allows you to play Crystal Chronicles on the GameCube but online. So I will say one thing. If you have no friends, if you're just playing by yourself, so us. it is actually a decent system because you can have random people from online just join you. So like when Haley Why and I would were playing, a, what would a random person joining you? Join in. What would a random person joining you online? Why would they want to do that? Like what, they don't get any progress. I have absolutely that. no idea, but they did. Yeah, like what's my <laughs> incentive insane. to randomly join someone I don't know? And get nothing out like, of it. Like, I guess they just like playing through just the dungeons. Practice. Maybe they like, maybe they're just all like, hey, let's help these new people or something. I mean, they still got like a a level up thingy at the yeah, end. But so like they got either a hard container or defense, I'm just getting, I'm just getting triggered. So we got to move on. <laughs> Everyone's okay, got their so hands up. We all have like jokes to make about We're all very angry about this. this. Is, oh, God. That's all. That is the worst. That is a terrible, terrible thing. Here's my take on it. Crystal Chronicles. It, for what it's worth is actually not a good or fun game to play like, <laughs> what? like that's the cherry on top the actual gameplay right, so of the game is not actually that enjoyable it's the the only good part of crystal chronicles was ever was playing with your friends the game itself was yeah. kind of janky it was the fact that you were playing with four people that was fun about it they have now removed the only redeeming quality of Crystal Chronicles. That's it. That's that's yeah. the end of it. That's all I have to say. So to end this conversation, this has caused me to order three Game Boy GameCube connector cables online so yes. that I have four again so that I can just play on the GameCube with friends. And side note, I also own Crystal Chronicles on the GameCube and I have four Game Boy Advances and four Game Boy Link cables, so... Uh-huh. I know what I'm we're gonna, doing the next time Zyber comes to town. Yes, I'm going to track the uh, the sales, the price charting price of Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles on GameCube. I want to see if the price goes up because I know it had been going down in anticipation <laughs> of this game coming out. And I wonder now that people are realizing, oh, this is not an ideal way to play this game. Let's see how the market reacts. So Zyber, I see you've also been playing Final Fantasy set or 14 online, but yeah. we don't care about that. We don't care about those online <laughs> games around here. I want to hear real quick on this last thing that you've been consuming, though, because this is a listening thing. Yes, this is the Undertale 5th Anniversary Orchestra, which was around two-ish hours, I want to say, because the first hour was just like the wait for the orchestra to start, basically. It was simply amazing. 
it like if you've ever played the game and you enjoy the music i highly recommend you look up this orchestra video because it was just a blast to listen to all right i love undertale i used to hate it and now i love it you know it has good music earthbound which i've been playing recently on the twitch it's my turn now by the way i've taken control um Oh gosh! <laughs> Just go quick. I've been streaming. No, this is a good. This is a good move by Deg because of the games that you've listed, Piddle. Yeah, I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> I mean, okay. Here's what I've been playing. I've been playing Earthbound. I've been playing Gears Three. I'm done. done. Go for Nobody it. wants to hear any yeah, more of that. Didn't you already talk about Gears Three last week? Yeah, it was we're Gears done. Two. So Earthbound. Oh. This is my first time that I've ever played at Earthbound. I did purchase it when it came out on the Wii U, and the music has been phenomenal. Like, that's definitely my favorite part of it so far has been the soundtrack. It's just, I get why people talk about the Earthbound soundtrack now. The uh, graphics and, like, the visual presentation really holds up for an SNES game, so I'm very pleased with that. Uh, Gameplay leaves things to be desired in my book. I feel like it's the type of thing where it's been iterated on better since then, but it's one of those, like... It wouldn't have gotten better had they not done it. So it's kind of looking at it through a uh, kind of an improper lens. And so, well, that's no good because things these days, well, these days is 20 years later. So I'd say probably like I know one big issue you have is the inventory system. I I think one thing that would fix it is that if you have uh, equipment equipped that it doesn't take an inventory slot. That's it. That that would would be one very big step forward for it in fact that but that's not how real life works yeah it is i if i wanted real life if my shirt is not in my inventory gigas on the streets i don't want real life i'm playing a video game i like it it encourages you to you know waste your money uh with our escargot express it's all it does is annoy me forces you to really consider the combat system is not deep. The combat system is basically as plain as it comes. So you really have to actually consider, okay, what am I going to carry with me into the next portion of the game? That is sort of the more intricate part of the game. Otherwise, it's pretty straightforward. Inventory management is almost an extension of the combat in that way, if you think about it, because there's only a certain amount of things that you can bring into battle to help you, which is a really unique, I, I feel like it's a unique game mechanic. Because every other you, RPG has so much hammer space. Yeah, especially when you have Jeff slash Himaru for Deeg's game. Yeah. Where, you know, his whole thing is using items or fixing items. Mm-hmm. All it all it, all it, it really accomplishes for me is I get annoyed at it. I, it's not fun. It's not an extension of the system. Like, I just want to play the game. There's a reason I'm using a guide. Because I'm not going to sit here like I did, like what I would have done if I was in elementary school playing this and I was putting in, you know, six hours a night uh, after school and 12 hours, 18 hours every day on the weekend. Like, I'm not going to run around and just be lost and talk to people and, and do, figure it out. I just, I want to experience it. So all I am. Well, is you just have to play by. Earthbound with a guide. I'll I'll give you that. I mean, that's not a game you want to go into without one, just because there are some old school mechanics that are like oh, they really expected me to figure that out on my own. I mean, that's just sort of the way games were. Go go here and then go back and then go again. I'm just yeah. I'm there grumpy. are some moments where I was confused about where to go, so I used a guide and have been using a guide. I'm about halfway in. The other thing, there's no shame in using a guide for Earthbound. When you bought that game new, the game literally came with a guide. 
That's why it was so expensive, yeah. Right, and that's why nobody bought it. And by the way, if you find a copy of the guide out there, that thing's even more expensive than the game itself. It, I've seen one for like 300 bucks in a store. It's crazy. Is that what the game's going for? Or no, the game's a little, che- a little cheaper. I, I don't know what it is right now. I'm not exactly in the market for an Earthbound cart, but I mean, I do see the guide from time to time. It's expensive. Deck, do you want to talk real quick about your other games? Or uh, most, uh, I did boot up Crystal Chronicles. I've complained about that already. Uh, continuing through some Animal Crossing stuff, just playing it in that very Zen mindset. Uh, I don't want to talk about Apex Legends. We've done that enough. But Sushi Go is a fun card game that I played this past Sunday. Uh, we got together, me and some of my friends, for a very small uh, Oktoberfest celebration since. We can't go outside to large Oktoberfest things. Those aren't happening for reasons. And um, that I just wanted to talk about, like, we can do more than just video games on this podcast. We can do board games. We can do card games. Don't you shake your head at me, Spiegel. We're doing it. We can do Taco Bell. We can do Taco Bell, which is not even this a game. This podcast is devoted to video games and Taco Bell, and that is it. We should rename yep. the podcast to if Video Games and a... Taco Bell. The only thing that could make our lives complete is if a Taco Bell video game was released. Sneak Bell. Like that Burger King or Pepsi game. Yeah. What what would the mascot even be? Just a ta- just Did a walking you guys taco. Know? A walko. I learned I learned today that the uh that the lead designer on the uh, Zero or the the director for the Zero Escape series, um I'm trying to remember his name, Kotaro Uchikoshi, he actually did modeling work for Pepsi Man. On PS1 in 1999. Fun fact. Pepsi Man. <laughs> Pepsi Man. And I listened to polka music and also K-pop. Those are both good genres. Thank you. Does K-pop fit ha- with the Don't ask you know, questions, whole Oktoberfest vibe? <laughs> yeah. It was it. Uh, that's a staple of Oktoberfest. They've had K-pop in Germany for for hundreds of years. It's a tradition. What do you? In the original German, October is spelled with a K. Pop. I know my fiance Haley's super into <laughs> K-pop, and she's both happy and angry with some of the latest stuff coming out. I don't actually care about K-pop that much. Uh, what are we doing next week, Piddle? K-pop. Next week? Oh, man. Well, Super Mario 3D All-Stars came out today, so... Well, the day of recording. And I think we all we have gotta it, go and play that. so... I'm pretty sure we're all going to talk about Super Mario 3D All-Stars next week and how amazing it is. And then we'll come back here, hold another podcast, and I, I don't know what Doug wants me to do. Yeah, and then say the wrap final it up. thing that, that ends the podcast, the last thing that anybody says, which is usually some type of joke. But, you know, we're getting a little more serious on Bombers. That's enough with the jokes, people. Like, we're not, we're not, we're not funny enough to really be, like, a funny podcast. So, um... Yeah, that's it. That's the uh, that's the end of the episode. That's all, folks. That's bombers. Baby. Mm-hmm.